At Our Father's House, our prayer is that you will be blessed and strengthened by the power of Jesus Christ. We would like to thank you for joining us today as we study God's Word. Now let's join Pastor Odie. First Samuel 15. Hallelujah. Somebody say, speak to us, Lord. Wow, he's messed me up. First Samuel 15. Set the background here. Saul was instructed. Uh, uh, the people said, give us a king. And, and, and you understand that Saul hid himself among the stuff, right? Saul was in humility, Randy. He, 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 when they approached him, he was hiding not me. I'm, I'm of the smallest of the tribes, and my family is the smallest of that tribe, right? Somebody say humble. But then he's chosen as king, and now God has told, give him the, the duty to destroy the Amalekites and everything, right? You understand that the Amalekites came against the children of Israel, Tillman, when they came out of Egypt, they, they came against and they oppressed Israel several years before. Listen to me. God will vindicate his own. And God says, you're going to go wipe these people out, right? Because they came, oh, oh, y'all didn't hear that. There's a lot of stuff going on right now, and a lot of people's messing with the nation of Israel. But listen, God's going to have vengeance, and we better stand with Israel. And I don't care, I I don't care who was standing here in front of me right now. If the, the truth of the word of God is this, if we don't stand with Israel, we're in trouble. This, there was hundreds of years had passed, but God still said, go and destroy the Amalekites and, and uh, utterly wipe out everything they have. And, and Saul disobeyed. And we're going to pick this up in verse, verse, verse 7. Saul smote the Amalekites all the way to Egypt. And he took Agag, the king of the, the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag. Agag and the best of the sheep and the fatlings of the lambs and all that was good and will not utterly destroy them, but everything that was vile and refuge, they destroyed. Everybody say disobedience. Now, here's the deal. Agag must, and, 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 and I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm not going to hype you this morning. Here's what God said. He said temporary hype leads to temporary change. So, uh, that's just where I'm at this morning. We're, we're going we're to speak the word of the Lord to you. Amen. And it's not going to be about hype, but it's going to be about something. And if we'll receive it, it'll change us. Oh, come on. Somebody help your pastor. Agag evidently stands for that evil thing which exists in all of us. We all have an Agag. Amen. Are y'all with me? If you believe that, say amen. It's, and here's, here's, here's what Agag is. Agag is for self-gratification. Amen? And, and to spare Agag is to be merciful to ourselves and to excuse our failures and our shortcomings. If we don't kill Agag, we are, we, are, uh, we are being merciful to self 
And we're excusing our, our failures and our shortcomings. We're excusing that, which, which controls us, which controls ourself, amen, and our flesh and causes us to be out of the will of God. Somebody say destroy Agag. You need to kill that thing. You need to kill that thing that's in you because if you don't, it's going to destroy you. Amen. God, get the pride out of us. God, get the lust out of us. Hear me, young people. God, get the envy out of us. God, get the strife out of us. We need, we need to get that out of ourselves. Amen. How many knows if we'll all do that and we'll take care of ourselves when we come into the house of God, we're going to have an awesome corporate time of worship. It's going to shake this place upside down. Is anybody with me in this room? I'm, I'm, I'm going to preach you something, and if we'll get it, it's going to change us. I know it's just messed me up, and it's really, it's really, you know, if we don't get, if we don't get rid of Agag, we're still going to have that besetting sin. How many can say there's been an Agag that you've dealt with, that you don't have to raise your hand, that you've dealt with for years, and it needs to die? I said it needs to die. Amen. Verse 9. Look at verse 9. But Saul and the people spared Agag. And the best of the sheep and the ox and the fattens of the lambs and all that were good, it would not destroy them. But everything was vile, refuge they destroyed. Saul had selective obedience. You need to write that down. He had selective obedience. Partial obedience is complete disobedience. I'm going to say that again. Partial obedience is complete disobedience. Are y'all with me? You know what he did, Ernie? He destroyed everything that was not worth carrying off. If it was worth anything, he kept it. But he destroyed everything that was not worth carrying off. Let's read on. Then came the word of the Lord and Samuel saying, it repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king. He has turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. And when Samuel rose early to meet with Saul in the morning, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he set him up a place and has gone about and pressed on and down to Gilgal. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said unto him, Blessed be thou the Lord, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. It grieved Samuel, and he cried out to the Lord. You know what? Samuel had God's heart. And if we have the heart of God, th these kinds of things will grieve us. And what I say is, Lord, break our hearts for the things that break your heart. That's why Samuel grieved. If we, don't, if, if we see these things going on in our world and it doesn't grieve us, we better check our heart. Are y'all with me this morning? Samuel had God's heart. It hurt God to reject Saul and it hurt God's prophet to see him rejected. Amen? Are y'all with me? You know, we're close to God's heart when the things that grieve him grieve us. Amen? Somebody say amen. Saul set up a monument for himself. Saul's heart was so dead that he could directly disobey God and still set up a monument for himself. Are we not living in an age where people are setting up monuments for themselves? Are y'all with me? This shows that Saul was not the same humble man who once had a humble opinion of himself because when he was little in his own eyes, he was not concerned about setting up a monument for himself, but he was concerned about leading the people of God. Amen? 
Somebody say amen. amen. In other words, he didn't start out as a monument builder. When the call first came, he wanted to build God's kingdom. He wanted to build up the people of God, but now he was building pride. You know what pride caused him to want to build a monument to himself? Look at verse 13. Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said, And blessed be thou, Lord, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. The truth is, he was zealous for his own honor and interest, but lukewarm where God was concerned. Amen? Amen. He probably really believed, Pastor, that he had performed the commandment of the Lord. But you know what the Bible says? Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. I'm trying to preach to you guys that we got to humble ourselves, and we gotta, we, we got to walk in humility, and we got to have a repentant heart. Amen? Because if, we're, if we don't, we're not going to get anywhere. Thank God. I'm so excited about moving into our new building next door. But how many knows we gotta, we got to walk in humility? You know, I talked to Danny this morning. It's such a beautiful building. But you know what he and I were talking about? It's when we walk in there and we have the spirit of the Lord and we walk in humility and we walk in repentance. That's what's going to make that place the church. It's not going to be because it's a beautiful building. It's going to be the spirit that's in that building. And I'm, and I'm speaking, Janie, I'm speaking right now that we're going to have, we're going to have people that are going to be humble people. And it's, listen, if it's, about, if it's about us and then it's going nowhere, but if, if it's about him, it's going somewhere. If it's about what we can do, it's going to fail. But if it's about what he has already done, it's going to prosper. If it's about, if it's about us being exalted and us getting a name in the community and us putting our name on a, on a newspaper or somewhere, Pastor, it's, it's going to fall flat on its face. But if it's about exalting the name of Jesus, let's walk in humility. Amen. John said, I must decrease that he may increase. Amen. So we, we have to see that it's all about him. Come on, come on, somebody tell him, it's all about you, Lord. No, come on, somebody says, it's all about you, Jesus. It's not about us. It's not about our efforts. It's not about our talents. It's not about our gifts. It's about who he is and what he did on the cross. He died on the cross and he arose on the third day. And he is at the right hand of the Father where he ever Come on, somebody needs to tell him it's all about him. We get so caught up in what we can do, but it's all about him. Amen? Somebody give him a hand clap of praise. Come on, let's praise him in this house. Oh, come on, give him a hand clap of praise. It's not about a preacher. It's not about religion. It's not about a man. It's all about him. We're built up on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. And you got to understand what happened here in the word was Saul was trying to build a kingdom around himself. What a, what, you know, what a letdown. Because when you build a kingdom around yourself, you're going to find out real soon that that kingdom's not going to last too long. Let me know what I'm talking about. We've seen great leaders fall because they build a kingdom around themselves. Oh, hallelujah, I'm going to be good. I've seen people make the statement, Ernie, that if they didn't do it, God said it wasn't going to be done. God's going to get it done with, with or without you. I think somebody should write a song. Come on, don't get real religious on me now. I know you guys know that song. Come on, it's time to throw the religion out the door, amen? I'm trying to stay on my notes. 
How many knows we get in the house of God and we try to act like we're all that when really we're just we're just sinners saved by grace, depending on mercy being new every morning, depending on who He is. Amen. What you are in private is really who you are. It's not who you are in this place when we're lifting up Jesus. I said, what you are in private is who you really are. Amen? It's easy to stand up here when, when these, these, these people are singing and leading us in worship and lift our hands. When you're in that place all alone, oh, I'm preaching good now, aren't I? What are we when no one else is around? What is our character and our integrity like? Oh, man, wow. I told you it's going to be a challenging word. I wasn't going to hype you this morning. Uh, but it's so important. Man, I feel the presence of the Lord. What are we when we're alone? How about this? If everyone had to write down all their thoughts and their actions when they were away from here and handed in at the door, would you change? (laughs) Thank you, Ernie. I love you, man. He does. Here's the thing. Verse 13, look what it says. Let's get back on track here. Y'all pray for your pastor. Samuel came to Saul and said, Lord, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. The truth is he was zealous for his own interest. You know what? He probably really believed he had performed it. I want you to write this down. Pride always leads us into self-deception. You're going to get some good nuggets here this morning if you'll take them. Pride always leads us into self-deception. We're deceiving ourselves. I want you to hear this. Man, there's so much for us to glean from this. If, if Saul really believed, Elder, I want, I, want, I want you guys to see this. And those of you that are watching live stream uh, and are vacationers, if, if Saul really believed that he had performed the commandment of the Lord, he would have not been so swift to speak it. I did it. He would not have to have spoken it because the prophet would have known it. Self-exaltation. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? If he really had done it, he would have been in the spirit of humility and he wouldn't have to, he wouldn't have to announce it. If we humble ourselves, God will lift us up in due season. The fact that he had to make an announcement was proof that he really hadn't done what God asked him to do. And he was walking in pride instead of humility. His heart wasn't right. God get our hearts right. Are y'all receiving the word this morning? 
Okay, verse 14. I told you I'm trying to go on. I tried to go on this week and transform. We're going to, I promise. We're going to kill a giant. I promise you we're going to kill a giant, but we got to get ready. All right, let me just say this. Help me, Pastor. We're not going to kill a giant until we get Saul out of us, because Saul couldn't do it. Each one of you are battling a giant, amen, and, and, and all of them are different. And then oftentimes the church is battling a giant corporately, but we can't kill a giant with the spirit of Saul because Saul couldn't take on the giant. It took a David to kill the giant. And I'm so, I, can't, I can't wait to tell you some of the things that David, the process that he went through to get to be a giant killer. All right, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Do you understand that David, David, David was, 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 was anointed by Samuel. The oil was poured over his head 25 years before he took the office of the kingship. He was the king in waiting. And I said I wasn't going to do it, but here we are. He had to, he was a shepherd. He went straight back out to being a shepherd, a servant. He had to become a servant. David had to learn to submit to authority. He, was, he went and played for Saul, and then Saul put him in his court and basically made him his right-hand man. He had to submit to the authority of Saul, even though Saul was not the proper king. Are y'all hearing me? He had two opportunities to kill Saul, and he wouldn't kill him because he had to learn to submit to authority. Amen. Totally dependent upon God. That's when he really oper moved into his kingship. Amen? We got to learn to serve. We got to learn to be a servant. We got to learn to submit to authority. Those attributes is what makes us qualified to operate in the kingship. It don't just happen. People want, they want to just be something. Listen, I'm just going to go ahead and speak a word over you. God has a plan for your life. He has a plan for everyone in this room. He has a calling upon your life. He has a ministry that he, ha he would have for you to do. But here's the deal. You have to be ready to do that ministry. You can't just say, okay, I'm going to be this, that, or the other. God has to take you through the process. Yes, good. You won't kill Goliath until you get rid of Saul. Amen? Y'all with me? You receive that from your pastor. He said, I perform the commandment of the Lord. And then verse 14, and then Samuel says, how come I'm hearing sheep? How, why are cows moving? Amen? You know, the livestock that God had killed or wanted him to kill could be seen I want you to get this, could be seen and heard. But he said, I performed the commandment of the Lord. I want you to get this. This may be one of the most important statements I make this morning. Pride and disobedience make us blind and deaf to our own sin. The prophet, Tammy, the prophet and the king here were hearing two different things. The king was saying, I killed, I did what God said, and Samuel says, why am I hearing sheep? Amen? Amen. Pride and disobedience will cause us to be deaf and blind to our sin. We don't, we don't even see. Sometimes we don't even see who we are. I mean, God will send a prophetic voice and he'll expose it. Oh, hallelujah. 
Are you all with me? So what was completely obvious to Samuel was invisible to Saul. It's a blind spot. He knows what a blind spot is. You know, it's a blind spot in our life. And we need to be able to see those blind spots. Sometimes, I mean, you got a blind spot when you're driving your car. Sometimes you got to look over your shoulder or, you know, these newer, these newer cars, you know, they have a thing that when you come up beside the car, it tells you on the, with the mirror there's something there. I mean, let me know what I'm talking about. There's a light that comes on. Those Fords have that, right? There's a light that comes on. It tells you there's a vehicle here. God... Turn on the light. Do you really want that? Let's pray it. God, turn on the light. And reveal those hidden places in our hearts, those dark places. Expose it to us. Show it to us. Reveal it to us that we can be cleansed and get that out of our lives. Amen. Somebody say amen. David said in Psalm 139, search my heart. Somebody say search my heart, O God. See if there's any wicked thing in me. All right. Are we good? Come on up, Daniel. I'm just about done. I mean, you receiving something from the Lord. Yeah, and that's basically what it is, Pastor. It's teaching, but that's what I felt to do. It's all right, isn't it? In verse 15, look at verse 15, just a few more minutes and we'll finish up. I promise you, as your pastor, I'll try my best to take transition us next week into the kingdom of David. All right, okay, how many will do this? How many will, will, will promise to your pastor that this week you're going to really search yourself? And when you come in here next week, you're going to try to make sure that you have all of that Saulish spirit, everything that that entails out of you. Will you search your, will you search your own selves? Amen. Come on. Is anybody, is anybody receiving that? I'm not jumping and running, running the aisles, but this might be a, one of the best messages we've heard. Thank you, Ernie. Verse 15. I'm just about done, though, I promise. Saul said, they have brought them from Amalek for the people. They spared the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice on the Lord thy God. And the rest of it we destroyed. Are you seeing this? Look what it says. You got to see this. Let's read it one more time. Let's see if you'll get it. Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spread the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord. Everybody say it. Come on, everybody say it. The Lord. Come on, say it again. Jacob, can you, can you put the New King James up here real quick? I, I should have told you this morning. How long will that take? Quickly? Here we go. Stay, just stay with the New King James. 
And Saul said, they have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice to the... This revealed, this truly revealed Saul's relationship with the Lord. It wasn't his God. He said, we spared them for your God. On the other hand, if his position would have been that it was his God, he would have obeyed the voice of the Lord. So I, the question I have for you is, have you really made him your Lord? Or something else. Y'all with me? He had a poor relationship with God. You know, you know who Saul's God was? Does anybody know? It was Saul. Saul's God was Saul. It was not the Lord, it was Saul. <clears throat> the Lord was the God of Samuel, but not Saul. So in his pride, Saul removed the Lord from the throne of his heart. He said the rest we had utterly destroyed. As it turns out, they really hadn't because do you understand that David had to fight with the Amalekites, Mitchell, later. And then, and then uh, I remember Haman and Esther 1. Go home and read Esther. Read Esther chapter 3. Esther 3, 1. Haman, uh, which was the, the one there that was going to kill the Jews, was a descendant. Amen? All right. Let's, let's finish up. Verse 22. We skip to 22. But the people took of the spoil, the sheep and the ox, and the chief of the things which should have been destroyed to sacrifice. I want to ask you a question. You know, and the, and the word says, does the Lord have delight in sacrifice and offerings is obeying the vo voice of the Lord? Obedience. Somebody shout obedience. Come on, say it again. Say obedience. I'm just going to say this. Religious rituals without obedience is empty. Amen. The best sacrifice we can bring to God is a repentant heart. That's where David said, Create in me a clean heart, O God, renew a right spirit within me. Romans 12, 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen? Y'all receive that? All right, I'm going to give you this like two or three more statements, and you got, you got to get these. You write them down if you're taking notes, and we're going to be done. In sacrifice, we offer the flesh of another creature. In obedience, we offer our own will. Somebody say our own will. Real worship begins with surrender. I sent this to our pastors last night. All conscious disobedience is idolatry because it puts self-will in the place of God. Somebody say Amen. God don't want just empty, empty rituals. It's just for show. He wants us to listen to him. Somebody say amen. You know, even when Samuel confronted Saul, he, he said, you know, yeah, I've sinned, but now take me out and let the people see me. He couldn't let go. He even tore Samuel's piece of his robe. He couldn't let go. He was all about self instead of God you know and the thing is and, and, and I want to say this in, in closing and I'm done I promise uh, 
but God has really been speaking some things to me and I've been searching my heart and you know and but here's the biggest thing that I think God is, is trying to speak to us oftentimes we don't know what's in our hearts people don't know they think they're okay but if we'll, how many knows if we'll really ask God to reveal it to us, he'll show it to us. Amen. All right, let's stand. <clears throat> you know, I hope the delivery of this word didn't seem that I was, that I'm mad or disappointed or upset with anybody because I'm not. Uh, I just feel like it's a solemn word and, and I just, it's a challenging word and, uh, and I just don't think you can hype it. You know, there's a moment, there's a time for everything, right? How many know sometimes words, you know, this just gets us excited, amen? But how, but how many know sometimes the word is for reproof, correction, and for us to take inventory and to search our hearts, and then we'll come back and celebrate even greater? Because you got to hear me, then it's not, then, it, oh, get this, then it's not, it's not temporal hype. We can cover up anything with hype. Just, just, you know what I'm saying? We can, make, we can cover up anything with hype and then we put on this facade and we walk out the door and we're not changed. I want to change. I want to be who God wants me to be. And then again, we'll come in here and you're talking about celebration. We'll celebrate what God has done in our lives. Is anybody with me? Okay, if you're, if you're with me, shout amen. amen. If you receive the word this morning, shout amen. amen. If you think it's for me and, it's, and I'm not going to think, well, that's for somebody else, that's for me. Come on, somebody say that it's for me. I need, I need, to, I need to seek God, amen. Let's, let's pray. Come on, we got, we got some time this morning. Come on up, come on up, you guys. Come on up. If you would like to know more about our Father's house and upcoming events, Log on to ourfathershouseky.org.